Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to talk about that game on Friday against the Chicago Blackhawks, the Kirby Doc Redemption Tour. And as always, it's Monday, so we have our three up and three down. All of this is coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 734 of Locked On Canadians. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day, five days a week. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. My name is Laura Saab, also known as The Active Stick. And I'm not joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scott Matlas. Scott is still off. He's got the week off. And I've got a couple of exciting guests coming up this week on the Tuesday episode, I have a very special guest. You have heard from her before on this podcast, and we'll be talking about the Canadians' OHL prospects, uh, including Owen Beck, obviously, Philip Mayshar, uh, and basically we're going to cram everybody else in the last segment because we really wanted to talk a lot about Owen Beck and uh, Philip Mayshar. Uh, so that's coming up on tomorrow's episode. And then on the Wednesday episode, I'll be doing a crossover with J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks to recap that Sharks game. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, today we're going to talk about real quick about the Chicago Blackhawks game. Uh, and then we're going to do our three up and three down. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter than you're used to, I think, because when Scott is not here, there's far less for me to say. I need my wonderful co-host to riff off of and have that dynamic. So I do hope you bear with me for this particular episode. Now, the first thing that I want to say is that I really hate when on American Thanksgiving, they take Canadian teams and they play them in the middle of the day in the United States. Some of us have jobs. A lot of us have school, uh, university, whatever. So like that is extremely unfair and cruel. Like I get the need to have day games in Thanksgiving. Can you just have them be with American teams and not involve the Canadian teams at all? Because it was not only like most of us had to miss and watch uh, like a recap or sorry, a replay of that game, but also there was no game on Saturday night. Like it just ruins, it throws everything off. And they do this with the Canadians all the time. That really, really bothers me. Anyway, that's just my pet peeve. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to mention about that game real quick. Uh, obviously the Kirby Doc redemption tour. I thought, uh, you know, that was a fantastic celebration uh, when he scored the shootout winner. Um, and I think one of the things that keeps coming up a lot is why Chicago gave up on him. And I don't necessarily think that they gave up on him necessarily. I mean, you've got to remember, they also traded Alex DeBrinkett to the Ottawa Senators for, you know, uh, I want to say it was a seventh overall pick in the last draft. I think that that's bad asset management, even if you're rebuilding. I think like, I, I, I understand what Chicago is trying to do. I just don't agree with it. Like, I know that he had a frustrating, sorry, Kirby Doc had a frustrating season last season with the wrist injury and not coming back or whatever. I understand that there was, you know, I looked up his stats from before that and they were great. So I understand that he had kind of a drop off. I understand that it felt like he was stagnating, but he's still a 21 year old player and he's still a third overall pick. It's like he was a young, like he's still raw, like even now. 
you know, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon were both on podcasts in the last 10 days talking about how they're developing him and the potential that he shows and the ceiling that he has. Like I'm looking at his contract right now. And I think that, you know, by the end of this year, as early as by the end of this year, it's going to look like a steal. So I I think that what Chicago did wasn't necessarily to give up on him. I think what Chicago did was to change directions and, you know, they're trying to gut the team, whatever it is, they're trying to get that first overall pick, you know, Connor Bedard is a, as a franchise changing player. I get all of that or Fantilli even, I totally get all of that. I just, I don't feel, I don't look at it as them giving up on Kirby Duck. I just look at it as bad asset management on the part of the Chicago Blackhawks and both the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens became beneficiaries of that. The difference between the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens is that the Montreal Canadiens are able to win games. I, I like, I really don't look at it as them giving up on him, but I also just, I look at the, the Canadians is kind of having seized an opportunity there, right? Whatever they were hearing about Chicago or whatever they were hearing from the Blackhawks, like they really seized the opportunity and got somebody what they thought who they thought would be their second line center, who's now a first line winger. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Kirby Doc. Spoiler alert in the in the three up uh, later in this episode. But there was another thing that I wanted to mention because uh, it came up in conversation. I want to say it was either Friday or Saturday. Um, Ante Vaspar, it might have been even before that, Ante Vaspar, uh, Kent Hughes said that he would like to add another first round pick. And so the discussion in the market has kind of been, well, who's he going to trade for that first round pick? Uh, like, first of all, everybody would like another first round pick. I, I don't think that there's any GM in the league that wouldn't want a first round pick if they could make it happen with the assets that they have on their team. I think the market right now is a little bit skewed. So I do think that Kent Hughes is going to be able to do that. Like he's going to be able to trade for a first round pick, but probably closer to the trade deadline where more teams are looking for more things and the price of players isn't in the toilet still, because I don't think that the market right now is very strong. And he himself said, I think it was in that, even in that same interview, but he also said it to, um, uh, to Chris Nyland on the Raw Knuckles podcast, he said that he spent a considerable amount of time on the phone in the last couple of weeks, right? Even before when he was trading, well, sorry, when he was thinking about waving Rem Pitt, like he got a sense of the market because he's been talking to all the GMs. He he did even joke that he he talked to 32, oh no, 31 GMs. Uh, that 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 you know he has been a, he's working the phones. I really think that it is going to be possible for him to do that, and I unfortunately think that the player that's going to go is going to be Sean Monahan. Uh, who has honestly proven himself to be really valuable in Montreal. Like he's finding, you know, he's finding ways to contribute. He had assists on both of the goals that were scored in regulation uh, against Chicago. So, you know, that's going to be something interesting to watch. But, you know, I think if this is a fun one for the commenters or you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can ask, you can let us know who you think the Canadians can trade or package for a first rounder that isn't going to hurt the future of this team, but is going to be worth a first rounder from another team. And remember they've got two, they've got their own and they've got Florida's and Florida's is unprotected. Uh, so, you know, just, just let us know what you think. Like I want to, I want to hear what you think. I might bring it up in a show later on this week. Um, in the meantime, we're going to move on to our three down because it is Monday. And wow, I am speeding through this episode. Like I said, it's going to be a short one without Scott. Uh, And in just one moment, that's what we're going to talk about, our three down. But first, this episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've ever thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, 
you really want to listen up right now because the number one rated Simply Safe Home Security System is 50% off for Locked On Canadians listeners. This is their biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it. I love it because I really, I have this thing where I always worry, you know, every noise I hear scares me. Like I wake up the whole house being afraid, you know, I'll stay up late, I'll watch scary things like Criminal Minds or whatever, and then I'll be terrified in my house. But I don't need to anymore because Simply Save is so, so good. Like it has a smart system that knows what is a real threat and what isn't. And you can get reached right away. In an emergency, there's 24-7 professional monitoring agents, and they use the Fast Protect technology to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real. So if it is, and you're not imagining it like I am, you can get priority police response. And this Fast Protect technology is exclusively available from Simply Safe. And do not miss your chance right now to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off on any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so it is Monday. It is time for a three down. Usually uh, the two hosts would discuss it before the show starts, and then we would usually agree. Um, right now I'm trying to guess as to who uh, Scott would talk about uh, for this. Like, I think the first one I have to say, I'm borrowing it from Scott, uh, is Laval Rocket and just their inconsistency. Like, this is something where we talked about it. They have been on our downlist a few times this season. Uh, the start has been rougher than we imagined, particularly since there's, you know, there's good players on that team. And I think, like, J.F. Hool is a great coach. I just think that they're struggling a little bit for very many reasons. And, you know, Scott brought up that there might be lack of, like, veteran leadership sometimes. Uh, or maybe it's just, like, the the change in personnel, like, it's taking some time to gel. You know, sometimes they have, like, special teams trouble and stuff like that. I don't necessarily, like, follow them as much as Scott does. Like, he covers every one of their games, right? Whereas I just watch them when there's no Canadians game on. Uh, so there's a little bit of a difference between our approaches. But it does seem to me that, like, against the Senators, for example, they played really well and beat them, and then they played really well and lost to them, like, abysmally, right? So I don't know that, like, I think sometimes the effort is not matching the results, which is something that, you know, that's a bad luck team. But also sometimes, like, you feel like the effort is, it's not that it doesn't exist, it's that it, it feels inefficient. And so that's going to be my, one of my downs for this week. Um... Another down is going to be, so there's a lot of discussion about this. Obviously, the Jason Dickinson hit on uh, Uri Slavkovsky. Uh, at the time that I'm recording this, which is Sunday night, there has not been any news about Slavkovsky's status. He did return to the bench, but did not see ice after that hit. I think that people who are saying that it's Slavkovsky's fault are not necessarily correct. Because the thing is, yes, he did put himself in a vulnerable position. That is true. He, it's one of those things where I feel like it's like a rookie way of playing. He kind of lost himself in the moment chasing the puck and put himself in a position that ended up being vulnerable. Like, I'm not going to disagree with that aspect of it. I really do. But I also think that there's something that we keep discussing. Like, the onus is on the person delivering the hit particularly if it looks like they have time 
to change course, to reverse course, the onus is on the person who's delivering the hit. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that. But in my mind, I really do think that I wouldn't like there was no call on the ice, obviously. I don't know, like I don't doesn't seem like player safety like was gonna uh get involved or anything like that. And I don't necessarily think it needs to be a particularly severe punishment, but I do think you need to do something about those because what's gonna stop the next person who's aiming to pull that excuse, being like, Oh, that person put himself in a vulnerable position. Like, even though I do think that, you know, the keep your head up kid is definitely in this scenario valid, like he really did like it's at the same time, it is, the onus is on the person delivering the hit not to cause harm. And I like, I'm, you're never going to convince me otherwise. So like, again, I don't think he was, he like intended to hit him in the head or anything like that. I really don't. But I think anytime that you have the ability or possibility to stop yourself and um, change course in any way, even a little bit, so you're not directly elbowing somebody in their noggin, I think you kind of have to do that. So that's where I stand. And then for my other down, I, I'm i sort of hesitant about this because we said that we were going to stop talking about him eventually. But um, obviously, last week, we referred to the book about Pierre Gervais' uh, time as equipment manager for the Canadians. And the book, like in the book, he had made some a lot of comments about uh, the Dominique Ducharme uh, era in Montreal that you know some people took offense to some people were like oh this is illuminating the players kind of tried to distance themselves from it I do think though that going on the Chris Nyland podcast the Ron Eccles podcast which again like I listen like the guests are amazing right and not taking responsibility again like we talked about this he was on the sick podcast with Tony Marinero and he blamed COVID and injuries and then again and then again, he was on the Chris Nyland podcast and he again did not take responsibility. Like, I think, yes, he's a young and experienced coach, blah, 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 all of that. Well, inexperienced head coach. I get all of that. But the, the, at the same time, like you've received all of this criticism in this market and the proof is in Cole Caulfield scoring, right? He dramatically changed under Martin St. Louis and it's not just him. The entire team dramatically changed. And there are so many, like, references and allusions to, like, you know, Dom Ducharme not having the uh, ideas, not having the adjustments, all of that. Like, there's so many, like, veiled uh, bits of information that came out. I think I think Gervais' book is, like, the only one where it's really, um, like, laid out there. Like, the accusations are, like, in black and white there. I just, I think that if you want to be better at a job and you were that bad at it, you have to take some responsibility. You have to take responsibility. Like maybe he tried different things and they didn't work, but he, it doesn't seem like he did, right? So like you have to be able to evolve and adapt to be a head coach. This is something we've said on this podcast since day one. You have to be able to adapt with the game. The game changes, like players change, even the way that they train, the way that they prepare for games all that stuff changes. So you have to be able to take responsibility for your mistakes and where you failed. That's something that, you know, we all have to do, right? Like accountability is really important. So I hope that it's the last time we talk about him. Um, we keep promising we will. And I know people are sick of like this, this, this being uh, beaten to death, but I really think that, you know, you've got to, you've got to take responsibility when you 
when you don't do a great job at something like, you know, like I, I just, that's how I feel. So that, that's my down for the week. It feels a bit cheap, but that's how I feel. Uh, and that means, you know, that's a good sign. It means that like all the other players that weren't mentioned in my, in my uh, three up, they didn't bother me enough this week to warrant a mention in the three down. Um, and speaking of the three up that is coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, World Cup, and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you're listening to this one, so you must, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So before I get into the uh, three up, I want to remind everybody that I have the lovely and talented uh, Lauren Kelly coming back to talk about uh, OHL players. You might recall we had her on um, uh, in the off season to talk about Owen Beck and some other players. And now we're going to talk about Owen Beck, Philip Mayshar, uh, Vincent Rohr, um, Cedric Gendon, uh, Logan Mayu, and, um, you know, other, any other OHL prospects you might have her eye on for this upcoming year. Uh, that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. And I'm really excited about that. And then later in the week, I have, J.D. Young from the Locked on Sharks podcast. We're going to be recapping the Have Sharks game together. Uh, and then I've got some more guests that I'm lining up that I haven't confirmed, so I can't announce that just yet. And then, as always, you have the mailbag. So do not forget, for the mailbag, you can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments. And you can also tweet them at LO underscore Canadians, as long as Twitter exists and doesn't erupt into a great ball of fire. Uh, you can also DM them to us on Twitter. Uh, sometimes we forget them uh, if you do, but then we'll catch up on an extra. Like if you missed the extras last week, it was all, all the questions that we, mix, we missed, plus some story time from both of us. Uh, so don't forget to catch those. In the meantime, it is time for our three up. Uh, and this one was a hard one, actually, because there were a lot of viable candidates. I think Nick Suzuki obviously deserves a mention. Uh, he's just continuing to be magical. And Cole Caulfield, as always, uh, honestly, like those two should be like honorable mentions every single time, because I honestly haven't had too much bad to say about them. Obviously, I've criticized their defensive ability uh, a few times, especially that line. Sometimes they get hemmed in on their own zone. Uh, there's a little bit of difficulty there that they have to figure out, but also they are playing the toughest minutes. So once the Canadians have a more even balanced lineup, this isn't going to be too much of a problem. But aside from that, there is three different people. Actually, they might be the same as last week. I don't even remember, but I'm pretty sure we mentioned them all last week, either as honorable mentions or uh, in our three up. Uh, Kirby Doc. How about that swagger? How about the way he's played since he's come to Montreal? So I had a little bit of trouble like translating this into English, uh, but his defensive stats, uh, when he's been on that line, he's improved the defensive play overall of that line and the underlying stats. Like he has like his underlying numbers have been pretty good all season. Uh, but the defensive stats have been pretty great now. Like, well, when I say pretty great, I mean he like, you know, they were a black hole. They're still kind of a black hole, but like less of one. 
Uh, so he's really he's really been impressive. You know, we talked in the first segment about it. So I'm not going to dwell uh, too much. But also, I want to mention Lane Hudson again. Now, again, Short King was mentioned in last week's up. Uh, but, you know, he just keeps racking up the points. So he now has six goals and eight assists for 14 points in 12 games. Let's talk about that. I want to, I think it was Hattie who hosts the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. And he said, hold on, I'm going to pull up his Catching the Torch article on Have Eyes on the Prize. So I quote this correctly. For context, his current 1.17 points per game pace would be the highest of any freshman NCAA defenseman in the last 25 years ahead of Adam Fox, Quinn Hughes, and many more elite NHL blue liners if he maintains this over a full season. All while playing on the second pair and the second power play unit for BU. Like, this is incredible. Like, thank you, Hattie, for that. This is from Catching the Torch on Habs Eyes on the Prize, uh, a website near and dear to my heart, given that I used to write for it. Uh, and so definitely check that out uh, and keep an eye on our short king, Lane Hudson, uh, because he's really, really, really exciting. And finally, uh, I want to give some time to Samuel Montembeau. In this season so far, he's played eight games, uh, obviously for five wins, two losses, one, I want to say it was a shootout loss, not an overtime. Uh, no, it was an overtime loss. It was an overtime loss. Uh, he's got uh, obviously a 248 goals against average and a 924 save percentage, which includes that terrible start he had against Columbus like 10-ish days ago. And in terms of safe percentage, he's actually fifth in the league right now, which is kind of incredible. Obviously, he hasn't paid, played that many games. He's played eight games, but wow. So I want to give, I want to close this episode by praising Samuel Montembeau. Like he has, you know, we talked a lot about him last year, even though he was winning games necessarily. We really liked his attitude, his demeanor. We really loved the way that he carried himself. I used to love listening to his press conferences in French because I just loved how thoughtful his answers were. Uh, they weren't cliched or anything like that. So, you know, and we were very excited when he got a contract in the offseason because he just seemed like a guy who deserved it. Like, I just, I think about the contract news came out like just a couple weeks after we saw him like literally in Laval supporting the Laval rocket in their, in their magical playoff run. So I, I think, you know, I, I just think as a guy, he seems like somebody who deserves it. He seems like somebody who deserves a success. And so, you know, he's played so well so far and obviously he's like, you know, both goalies were playing a little bit above their abilities and Jake Allen has come crash crashing back down to earth. But Samuel Montabo is maintaining his pace and he's getting more starts. I know a number of you have, you know, either uh, tweeted us or or, uh, or mentioned in our comments that he deserves more starts. So, so here's Martin St. Louis giving him um, more starts and he's really rising to the occasion. So the final third up of the week, the third star or whatever, is Samuel Montabo. And there you have it. That's our Monday episode. I really, really hope I did my co-host justice while he's not here. Um, and you all don't hate the podcast now because it's just me. But uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Uh, you can also tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can leave comments in the YouTube. And if you like us, please leave us nice reviews because the bad ones make us cry. 
Uh, and in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You hit that bell. You'll get notified whenever we post a new episode. Like I said, tomorrow is an OHL prospect roundup with the lovely, talented, beautiful Lauren Kelly. Later on in the week, we're going to have some more guests, but until I confirm them, I won't mention them. And that's all coming up, you know, this week. And Scott will be back next Monday, hopefully. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow.